Well, this is our eighth day, I guess. This is longer than we've been home. And um, we ought to just uh, plant our feet here and stay put. Uh, after eight days, I feel like I know you all. And uh, I'm so glad to meet all the new folks since the last time we were here with you. Thank you for everything. I wanted to say a special thank you for the two young ladies who gave us the mission house, and they went to live elsewhere and uh, gave it to us so we could be there uh, this week. And I just wanted to say thank you. Where are they at? I, I, there they are. Raise your hand. And where's the other one at? Oh, there you are. Good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Judy and I are very, very grateful to you. And ladies, I want to apologize. You gave me so many things you wanted me to preach on about your husband. I just couldn't get to it all. I mean, it was impossible. I thought, well, I'll combine them. But it seemed like each man was kind of different on his own, you know. And uh, so I just couldn't cover it all. And uh, I did the best I could for you anyway. But... We sure had a good time. That brother, Gary, where are you, Gary? Hallelujah. Oh, I'm telling you, if they say Gary's brisket, you just be here. Woo-wee. It was delicious, I'm telling you. We had a good time last night and everything. Brother, some folks got saved last night down at the mission, and I'm just glad. We're glad to be with you tonight. We'll be the last service, and I hope you'll be here. I believe I know what the Lord wants, and and uh, we look forward to a good good evening together as well as this morning. I'm glad to see Brother and Mrs. Bowen from Longview Baptist Temple, soon to be in Thailand, and uh, wants to plant 50 churches over there. Has 25 young men waiting to be taught. Uh, and uh, to go forth and uh, wants to see a million saved. Boy, I like folk like that. Hallelujah. That's the kind of guy you want to hang around with. That's right. Somebody that just wants a few, you better stay clear of him. But anybody that could see a million souls, that'd be just grand, just wonderful. And it's a joy for Judy and me. Some of you don't know her, and I let her stand again this morning for me, please, wife. Thank you, love. Forty-six years, and I want to tell you, she can't even spell the word mean. She just can't. But I don't none of you tell her either. Some man threatened me, said, I'm going to get my wife to talk to Miss Judy. Things are going to pick up around your house. Imagine that. Imagine that. Trying to get me in trouble, aren't they, for the final 46 years of, of marriage. Amen. But anyhow, it's been a joy. We fly out in the morning. If you could remember us in prayer, we're on our way to Chicago. And uh, the National God Save America conference begins tomorrow night. Be great preaching all week long. The tapes will be available. I know they will. And uh, you, you, you pray for us, please. This morning, if you open your Bible to the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, 
The book of Proverbs is over in the Old Testament. And if you just open your Old Testament, usually it'll come to the book of Psalms, and Proverbs is the very next book. That'll help you. Or if you come to the book of Isaiah, just back up, and uh, you, you'll be at the book of Proverbs. Just back up a few books. So I want you to turn there and hold your place. And I'm going to have a word of prayer for you in Proverbs chapter 6. I'm going to tell you what's on my heart. And I want to start with an illustration, I believe, will help us all to understand it uh, this morning. Are you ready? Let's pray just a minute. Heavenly Father, thank you today. It's a joy to be with Brother Hollers and, and, uh, and the Fort Worth Baptist Temple. What great people. We always get our hearts involved with these folks when we come. They're easy folk to love, easy people to pray for, easy people to laugh with, and we thank you. Lord, bless Brother Mickey in the coming weeks as they finish up this campaign. Give them, give them a great winter, and on into next year, we love you. Please be with us. Blessed Holy Spirit, for Jesus' sake. Give the word weight this morning, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Some time ago, I don't know exactly how long it's been, but I got to notice, and as I read my Bible, how so very often we do ourselves wrong. We hurt ourselves with God. We really do. There's so many illustrations in the Bible that I can't possibly preach them all. It's that many times God said, it's not Washington, D.C. that's hurting you. It's you that's hurting you with me. If you leave here today and you don't put your tithe in the offering, a tenth of all that you made, you've hurt yourself. You've done it to yourself. You say, my, uh, my income just won't stretch. I know uh, my mother lived on just her Social Security. And uh, she said to me, Ronald, sh should I give at church? I said, sure, Mom. As soon as you get your check, take 10%, put that in, give some to missions, Keep a little back if the preacher has some special cause. You give to that too. It don't have to be a lot, Mom, but you be a giving person. I don't know how many years my mother lived saved, at least uh, maybe around uh, eight to ten years. And Mama made it all the way through and had money left at the very end. God took care of her. That's just an example. I want to point some things out this morning in the Word of God, in the book of Proverbs, wherein you're doing yourself wrong. And if I know these things and I do them, then I'm doing myself wrong too. Here's the example I was going to tell you. The story came out of the Reader's Digest. There was a man, and there was a hurricane coming. He had a wife and three children, 
and they lived in a house that was up on piers. You know how they put those piers under it. It wasn't just flat on the ground. And the police came by. He lived uh, right out on the bayou, and they came by and told him, uh, haven't you folks heard? The governor's ordered everybody to evacuate, and you've got to get out. This is a bad storm that's coming. He ensured the officer that he wasn't leaving. They were staying with the house. Nobody was going to rob them, and they'd be all right. They'd been through a lot of storms, and they'd get through this one. Well, the policeman shook his head at him and went and got in his car and drove on down the road trying to be sure that other people were out of their houses. The storm did come, and the water came up. The house wasn't blown down by the force of the wind, but rather the water came up. And as the water came up, it got underneath the house naturally and picked it up. And it was floating. They knew it was because uh, in the house it got very unstable and uh, they were very, very scared now. So they made like a chain. He took hold of his wife's hand. They took hold of the children. She held the baby. And, uh, and they stood in the middle of the house. Well, houses don't float like a boat even. And so one end dipped down. When it dipped down, it got caught. And then it just started tumbling end over end. It literally smashed the house to pieces. The daddy, uh, the water pulled at the child that was in his arms, pulled at his wife until he couldn't hold her hand anymore. They couldn't hold on to the children. She couldn't hold the baby. And all were lost. It was in the Reader's Digest. I thought to myself, maybe he didn't own a car. Maybe he lived way out there and didn't own a car. But when the patrolman pulled up and said, look, you've got to leave. This thing is bad. All he would have had to say is, we don't have a vehicle. I, I know the policeman would have opened the back door and said, get in, folks. I'll take you to the shelter. Come on, get in. Get you a few things together and let's go. But see, Daddy was very, very determined. I don't know if you call it hard-headed or what, but he was very determined that his family was going to stay right there. And they all perished. And, and I thought to myself, that's an example of what the Bible is saying. You're doing yourself wrong. You know something, but you don't obey. You go just exactly opposite of what you know and hope for the best. But people, if God has said it in his word... There can't anything but disaster strike. Do you understand that? That's exactly right. 
You say, but everybody's doing it. Why does God pick on me? I don't know, except that in the coming judgment, all will be judged and all will be judged according to the Word of God. Perhaps God selected you to know the judgment of God sooner. I don't know, but it could be that. And this morning, I'd like to walk through the Bible with you in some very common things that Americans have adopted and are doing. And because of what the Bible said, not because of what Brother Garish said, but because of what the Bible said, you are doing yourself harm. Here's the first. I ask you to turn to Proverbs 6. Here's the first. In verse 32, But whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. I want you to see that. Destroyeth his own soul. I don't have to tell you how rampant adultery is in America. It's in the workplace. It's in trader courts. It's in apartment complexes. It's in high-rise office buildings. There's an awful lot of it going on in America. And the television that so many of you watch, glorify it. Show nothing but all the good things about this adulterous relationship with somebody else's wife, or in the case of you single boys and girls, it's called fornication in your Bible, and God hates it just like He hates adultery. And notice it said, You did it to yourself. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. Think about that. There's nothing more valuable in you than your soul. I guess we're only worth around $2 if our bodies are broken down in their various chemicals and sold. We might, they might be able to get $2 or $2.50 for us. It isn't in this physical man. It's what God breathed into the man, into the lady. He gave you your very own soul. And you can be the cause of destroying it by indulging in the sin of adultery, fornication, uh, pornography, Things like homosexuality, whether it's men or women, it's all included in that word adultery. And you think how many people in Fort Worth today are living together and they're not married. They're just shacked up. Kind of like dogs live together for a while. Uh, what, Brother West, about a week maybe at the most? And they just all bunch together, don't they? And adults are doing the same thing. But I'm going to keep reading it to you. 
I want you to know God said something about it. I don't care what your TV said. I don't care what the advantages are. Well, we're living together, but we both get our own check. If we were to get married, we'd lose one of our checks. You'd be better off losing one check than you would to, to lose your own soul. We had a lady who was born with serious sight problems, and uh, she, could, she could just barely discern daylight and dark. And uh, she'd been on government aid uh, all of her life in school and everything because of her eyes. And she wanted to marry this young man, and they went down to the government offices and inquired about it. And the government lady told her, said, oh, no, you don't want to get married. You realize if you get married, you're going to lose your check. You're going to lose your medical benefits. If you all love one another, just shack up. Everybody else is doing it. And that way you won't lose anything. But the trouble, that young lady is saved. And so is the young man. And together they decided, no, sir, we're not doing that. And they had a church wedding, and the first baby was born, had a severe heart thing, and, and the expenses went into the hundreds of thousands of dollars. They lost their home that they were buying. They lost their car. They lost everything. And uh, they were with us as missionaries for a while. And I want to tell you, I felt sorry for him. We prayed much for him. And you know all that that they owed? Can I tell you, when the doctors in the hospital found out what the government did because they got married, they canceled it. And they ended up not owing a thing because they did right. Now, I'm going to tell you, they were good folk. She was a sweet lady. And though she was blind, she made a tremendous mother, didn't she, wifey? I'm telling you, that little baby had the very best. It made me proud of them. She, they feared he that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. If you're here today and you're living immorally, you ought to see Brother Hollers and Mrs. Hollers, and you ought to get that straightened out. Not because I said so. I'm just reading to you the Bible. I wanted to preach it last Sunday, but God said, no, you wait. I've waited all week. And last night, he said, in the morning. So I know you're here. Not necessary for me to know you, but I know you're here. Now, what does it mean he destroyeth his own soul? You see, nobody can commit that sin 
without becoming a liar. And lying is part of the deceitfulness of sin, and it hardens your heart. Every lie you tell makes your heart just a little bit harder. And the longer you do it, the harder your heart gets. Do you think, ladies and gentlemen, do you think you can live a lie all week long and say, that's my husband, well, that's my wife? Do you think you can lie to your parents, we're married, when you're not? Do you think you can lie all week long and then show up on Sunday and the blessed Holy Ghost come and begin to deal with your heart? And your heart is already hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And the first thing you do is start lying to God. We're going to get married. We're planning on it. Yeah, you've been planning on it how many years now? It's a bunch of junk. Well, my husband can't get married because... He, 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 he's still married to another woman. Okay, 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 okay. Now let me tell you something about men. All you got to do is tell him, and uh, since we got saved and we got right, you're moving out. You'd be surprised how quickly he'll find a way to get out of that last marriage long as you stay with him, long as you shack up with him, you know what he's going to do? Hey, don't look at me, mister, like I don't know men. What do you think I've been the last 66 years? I tried to talk Judy into eloping, but she said, no, sir, I'm wearing a white dress. My great-grandfather's going to marry us in the church. And we're not running off to get married. I told her I'd get a ladder and me and some of the guys had put it up to the bedroom window and she could crawl down some night. Man, she wouldn't do it. And then when I saw everything she brought to set up housekeeping, if she'd have went to throwing that stuff out of the window, it'd have hit me, I'd have been dead. She wouldn't have had to climb down. She had the car trunk to where you had to, and she had the back seat filled to the roof. Can you imagine if she'd have thrown that down the ladder on me? She just wouldn't do it any other way. You know what? Hey, 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 look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I hung around, Gloria. I knew a good thing when I saw it. It was worth waiting on. How you like them words? I ain't never heard no message like that in my life. We'll take it up with God. I'm just reading out of the Bible. You outfit. Every one of you tune in to that Dr. Phil, that creepy crawler, slimy little 
psychologist. He ain't worth a stick of dynamite. Yes, sir. And the rest of you watch that stringer guy. And that ain't fit for human consumption. Say amen right there. Like some of you men got the unedited uh, CD you sent in for it and got it. Just raise your hand so I'll know who I'm supposed to look at. Yeah, you do. Don't tell me you don't. You do so. You got it with the Playboy under your mattress. Thirty-five years old and you keep a Playboy under your mattress. When are you ever going to grow up? If I was going to walk up at a paid playboy, I wouldn't hide it under the mattress at 66 years of age. No wonder your wife don't that respect you. You're as creepy crawler as Dr. Phil. Probably ought to drop that word doctor last week. He was probably a car mechanic or something. Changing oil. I'll read it to you again since you didn't like it. But whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. You don't know what you're doing. You're dumber than a box top. You don't know what you're doing. Oh, you said, I won't see no damage. That's because you can't see your soul. But the Bible's never wrong. It's damaging your soul. And it ultimately will destroy it. Because a lying to men is just one step from lying to God. Yes, sir. I was in Miami preaching. Judy and I met this young couple. They had two children in a park across the street from the church. We were giving out tracts. And uh, he, he, he was dressed, but he had his shirt open, and, it, and he didn't have any T-shirt on. And we invited him to church. And as soon as we walked up to him, the woman said, We're not married. I said, You're not? She said, no, we're not married. Boy, he looked so embarrassed. I said, well, you, you ought to get that done. She said, I know I want to. It's his fault. I said, well, look, you, I want you to come to church. I want you to hear the message, come to church. They did, and she walked down and got saved. And then on the next verse, he walked down and got saved. So I went over and knelt down by him and said, Now look, guys, what are we going to do about this not being married and you all living together? Boy, I'm telling you, she hadn't been saved three minutes, she said. I know he can move home with his mother until we get this taken care of. I said, Good idea. Great idea. Well, how soon is he going to move out? She said, this afternoon. I said, wonderful. Ain't this wonderful? I shook his hand, and he, his mouth was open like this. <laughs> wonderful. I mean. 
That poor dude. He wanted to get saved, but he didn't want her to get that saved. Shame in like that. What I'm preaching to you, you ain't going to see on the television. You understand that? You ain't going to read it in your globe, dad, cosmopolitan, people, magazine, and whatever else trash you told them. You can always tell what it's worth by reading the cover. 52 ways to have sex. And you bought it. Don't tell me you didn't. Right down the cover, you can see it right there. We're crazy. You're destroying your own soul. I guess I better get on some of you about to die. Come to Proverbs chapter 8. Boy, there'll be some wedding bells and rice throwing. And I like weddings because they always have cakes. Amen, right there. We're going to have tape around here. You ought to come. Yes. Proverbs chapter 8. The entire chapter 8 is about the Holy Word of God. And listen to what it says, speaking of the Bible in Proverbs 8.36. But he that sinneth against me, that is against the Word of God, wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. Who's doing it to you? You're doing it to yourself. How many of you know America doesn't like the Ten Commandments anymore? Take them down. We ain't have no Ten Commandments around here. Why, even the Catholic Church, they don't even have Ten Commandments. They broke the number one and number two and put them all together and jammed it all together so they can keep on having St. Joseph, St. Michael, St. Saint, uh, uh, Saint, uh, Saint, uh, Saint, uh, oh, I forget who else she was. But anyway, just a bunch of junk. You see what it said? Every one of you that twists the Bible, you don't like what the Bible says. Some of you don't like that business about tithing. Come on, no you don't, no you don't. You don't like any preacher that talks about giving money. I do it just because it makes you mad. Because it don't bother me. Nothing bothers me. If I know it's in the book, I don't care if it hurts you, I'm going to do it. You didn't like that a doctor either, lady, but I climbed on your roof and eat your shingles off, didn't I? And I'm going to keep it up. You go home in a bad mood, a number one grouch, and your husband will say, Oh, why'd you get so mad at church? If I knew you was going to get mad, I wouldn't have let you go. Blame it on Pastor Hollers. Just tell him it was Pastor Hollers. Because I won't be here. <laughs> yeah. If you hate the Bible, you don't have time to read the Bible. You're busy reading everything but the Bible. You don't have time for it. And you don't even care that much about it. 
Do you know what the Bible said? He that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. That's in the Bible. And you can't blame nobody else. Man, I wouldn't wear one of them Supreme Court justices' socks that voted against the Ten Commandments. Maybe that's why this last one kicked the bucket so quick. Huh? Huh? Mm-hmm. It's in the Bible, ain't it? What do you think God thinks about justices that vote to murder babies? Same old my boyfriend told me to do that. Man, I wouldn't call him my boyfriend. I believe I'd get something, and no need for me to tell you what, but I believe I'd get something to fix his little red wagon. You don't have to shoot at his head or even at his heart. Just shoot low. You creepy crawler. You're going to live in sin. I'm going to burn your hides. You hear me? Some of you kids, you don't pick up the Bible from one week to another. Everybody gives you a Bible. You ain't read it yet. Don't even want to read the Bible. You know what you're doing to yourself? You're doing yourself wrong. How many would say, I believe he's got a message out of the Bible? I know I do. I waited all week to deliver it. And God said, lay it on him this morning. He knew you were coming. Sunday, it's, where is my Bible? Anybody see my Bible? Where is my Bible? You know I love that Bible. Where is the Bible? I'm hiding the Bible. Who got my Bible? And all the time it's laying on the back window of the car in a hundred degree heat. It looks like a potato chip that laid back there too long. Amen, right there. Can you get it and try to get some life back into it? You do everything this afternoon. You ain't read the Bible this week, but you ain't about to start this afternoon. You have to watch a ball game today. And boy, tomorrow night they're having a doubleheader football game. And you'll be right there talking about how you would have made that play. They just had me out of self. You wouldn't even know how to get the pads on. I think I'll keep on. Do you love the Bible? Do you love it enough to care? Do you love it enough to read it? Do you love it enough to go after your car and read it during the lunch hour? Or whatever you have? We see nobody does that but fanatics. Well, I'm going to hold my hand up because I was a fanatic. You're doing yourself wrong. You're doing yourself wrong. You're doing yourself wrong. Do you hear me, mister? You're doing yourself wrong. Like the guy in my town that sold liquor, and I told him, you're going to hell. And he said, I am not. I'm a Methodist. My Methodist preacher said, it's okay to sell liquor. Because if I didn't sell it, somebody else would. And them kind of people are in here today. 
You don't love the Bible. You don't want to hear the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not steal. Hey, kids, thou shalt not lie. You like that one. Woo-wee. Who was on the phone, you give some girl's name. And all the time, you know who was on the phone. What were you all talking about so long? Homework. Yeah, homework. I guess it'd be okay to call it homework. I think that's where it's... Never mind. Homework, huh? Thou shalt not lie. You know that stuff? You know that? That's in the Bible. Huh, huh, huh? You know that, kids? That's why you want the Ten Commandments out of your school. Now, you don't want to go in there and see them up on the wall. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not lie. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long on the earth. Yeah, honor your father and your mother so you live a long time. Some of you, you got the biggest mouth. If your daddy had any guts about him, he'd put a piece of of duct tape all the way around your head. (laughs) Duct tape your mouth shut. Amen. Only he don't, he's a coward, you know, but anyhow... Come over to Proverbs 9 while I'm at it. All I'm doing is showing you this morning, you ain't got nobody to blame but Uno. Huh? Uno. That's you. Ready? Say, how many more you got? I ain't going to tell you. Buddy, it's in the Bible. You're doing yourself wrong. You're doing yourself wrong. You're doing yourself wrong. You're doing yourself wrong. And you ought to get on the altar and confess and get it over with. While I'm right here, I guess I'll do this one too. Proverbs chapter 9, look in verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. If thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself. But if thou scornest, thou alone shalt bear it. Notice how God promises us long life, good days. Thy days shall be multiplied, The years of thy life shall be increased. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. Do you fear God? Not if you spit in his face and do whatever you want. God hates your low-down gambling. Hates it. The book of Proverbs I'm reading to you is filled with what's wrong with gambling. What's wrong with gambling? My wife likes to do it. Well, she might like to do it, but she ain't doing it with my money. So don't start liking to do it. Because you won't get no money to go do it with, woman. 
We ain't buying no lottery tickets. We don't go around scraping off. And nearly every one of you see scraping is a Baptist. Yeah, just try to give them a gospel track. Oh, I don't need that. I already go to the Baptist church. Which one? Baptist Temple on West Seminary. Who's the pastor? Pastor? Yeah, pastor. The guy that screams at you. Who, who, what's his name? Well, we ain't been going there very long. We ain't learned his name yet. Amen, you soul winners. That's right, ain't it? That's right. You see what it said right in your Bible? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Folks, I'm not angry with you. I'm trying to tell you some basic things wherein you're doing yourself wrong. Life don't have to be as hard as it is. And your kids don't have to go to hell. You could get right with the Lord. And you ought to do it. Say, well, you embarrass me. We're not married, but we love you. And did I point anybody out and say, they're not married, they're not married. They're, no, I didn't point anybody out. And every one of you that huff and puff at me on the way out, everybody will have it figured out. <laughs> and guess who told them? I'm trying to put you on the road wherein God in His providence can be good to you and bless you. God can't bless sin. That includes all you old folk getting on some bus and riding over to, to Dallas where you can gamble in the casinos. What a pitiful mess. Yeah, I hope it's 100 degrees and your bus blows an engine and three tires. And you have to sit there five hours and cook. Because you can't open the windows on those bus. <laughs> you could get out and crawl underneath and get in the shade that way. We're doing it to ourselves. You know what's wrong in America? It ain't, it ain't, it ain't Iraq. It ain't, it ain't Katrina. We're doing it to ourselves. I'm going to close. I, I need to close. Come in the New Testament book of John. Don't think I hit them all because I didn't, boys. There's plenty more. All you have to do is just look for it. And, and I want you to look in John 18 because I want to close with a Bible illustration, okay? John 18. And look at verse 5, and I'll be done today. I guess the greatest, and you know this too, the greatest way we harm ourselves is to refuse to receive Christ as your Savior. Boy, what a terrible thing that is. Hell's going to be hot, boys. God loves you. God's delivered you. God's had mercy on you. How many times God has taken care of you and you won't give Him your soul and your life the greatest person in the Bible or the man 
that I believe did the greatest damage to himself in the Bible is a man named Judas. In, Genesis, or in John 18, verse 5, they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. Brother Mickey, would you stand like right there for where Jesus and his disciples were? And I'll go over here and I'll be the soldiers and the chief priest guards and all of them. Now you look how much distance there was between Judas Iscariot. Judas stood with them. He didn't stand over there. He was standing here. Do you know when he came, the first thing he did was kiss the Savior? You know what he was doing? He was kissing the door of heaven. Jesus said, I am the door. But the Bible said Judas stood with them. He could have said, oh God, I don't want to die and go to hell. Please let me stand with you. But no, sir, he stood with the lost. You know, it was so bad that right after this, he takes the 30 pieces of silver he got for being a traitor and gave it back to him and went out and hung himself. And he didn't do things right. And either his head snapped off his body or the rope broke. And the Bible said he fell down and his bowels gushed out. And he went to hell. Judas. He heard Jesus preach. He walked three and a half years. He was the treasure is right by Jesus and said, Lord, we, we need some money now if we're going to get ready for the Passover. He, he was that close. He heard preaching. He heard when Jesus gave private instruction and interpretation to the disciples. He's right there. He got sent out to preach and to work miracles. But you see, that was just in his body. His heart was with these people. These people gave him 30 pieces of silver. And his heart was with them. I say to you today, he is the one man in all of the Bible that did the greatest damage to himself. And died and went to hell. People, I don't know, I only named two or three of them this morning. I couldn't name them all. But God can speak to your heart and say to you, He's talking to you. You're hurting yourself. You're damaging yourself. If He says that to you this morning, when Brother Mickey gives the invitation, will you get up from there and get on the altar? 
You don't have to talk to me. Talk to God. Tell the Lord, I heard your word. I can't straighten it out right today, but I'm telling you, Lord, I want grace because I don't want to live where you can't bless us. Wifey, stand up again for me. I pick on you a bunch. You know I love you, and I spoil you too. Don't I spoil you? That's because I love you and because you love me. You know, I don't know what I'd do if Miss Judy insisted and live in some way that she knew and I knew God couldn't bless us. You know, that man that's in jail, brother, he used to be so hard on him and his wife and them kids, didn't it, Brother Bowen? Remember when they lived in that little government house on the corner, on the end there? Remember how hard they were having it? Remember that, Sister Jackie? And we didn't know why, did we? And then it come out. He was a criminal. And God can't bless a criminal. There's more to, to sin than handcuffs. It's when God reaches up and pulls the window down and locks it and says to the angels, pull the blinds down, leave that one alone. We're not going to pour anything good on him till he gets right with me. And the window was closed. Wifey, I thank you. I love you. Bless your heart. Remind me to buy you a candy bar tomorrow. Well, she likes Reese's peanut butter cups. And I'll buy her one. What do you think I was going to say? I'll buy you a diamond tomorrow? I'll buy you a Reese's peanut butter cup. Don't let them women around you there get you off center like that. I thought about that guy. He's in jail now doing, what, 40 years? Needs to do 40 more. Low down scoundrel, lying, crook. I'm telling you, it was hard on them people. How comes the church always has to help you? It shouldn't be that way. Yes, yes, to start with. Yes, yes. Hey, Jason and your wife, yes, we're glad to help, ain't we? But don't you see, Jason and sister? You ought to rise up where you can turn around and help others. All right? Bow your heads with me and I'll pray. Father, we love you today. Dear Lord, it's a sobering thing when you find out from the Holy Spirit 